Welcome to Forging Hearts Podcast, where today we'll be talking about business and busyness with Roger North. But first, welcome, Tanner. Yeah. How are you, Nick? Good. It's been a busy week, but it's uh, it's been solid. And, you know, here it's really warming up outside. So part of me is excited, but I also get over the season very, 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 very quickly. Like I'm not a warm weather kind of guy. I enjoy like just a little bit, but then it starts hitting 86 and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And the humidity is not even that bad, really. Yeah, I mean, not, if you think about it, it's pretty yet. dry in '86. <laughs> not yet, though. And this is, yeah, I I'm not much for summer, but yeah, I'll survive. It. We'll get there. We'll get through it. That's right. You stay That's close. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll get through it. So Nick, I've been sort of challenging myself. So maybe I don't have the best jokes. Maybe my riddles are a little bit, eh. Leave something to be desired. So I I was told this interesting fact, an mm. interesting tidbit by uh, a coworker the other day that blew my mind. And ev- I've been telling it to multiple people since then, and everyone sort of looks at me with this sense of why do you why do you find that so interesting? <laughs> but here it goes. Yeah. Can you think of anything that you cannot buy new, you can only buy used. You can not buy you new. You can only buy used. It's a mirror, Nick. You oh cannot, my for the goodness. life of you, find <laughs> an unused mirror. That frustrating, right? But yet I pay full price. <laughs> right, you pay full price <laughs> for a used mirror. What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I find that funny every time. Every time. <laughs> that is fantastic. I'm going to go home and tell my do wife that. that. Please do that. I will. It's And don't preface it by, oh, this is something Tanner said, because that's... I think that'll actually make it funny. Do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to get to hear from Roger this morning. Yeah. And when I say this morning, this afternoon, I keep keep getting that wrong. It's that kind of day, huh? (laughs) It's that kind of a day. (laughs) Well, it's on that note. Then we should probably get started. Let's do it. Well, Roger, good afternoon. Uh, hey, it's great to have you here. Thank you. Joining us. So Roger North is is joining our podcast. He's a husband, a father, founder of North Group Consultant uh, Consultants, uh, also the North Foundation. I saw you've been honored to be uh, the Lancaster Small Business Person of the Year uh, a couple of years back and, and serve in uh, many different capacities on boards and ministries. So it's a it's a great joy to, to have you joining us here this Thank morning. Thank you, Tanner. This afternoon. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was uh, born in New Jersey, and I got here to Central Pennsylvania by going to Messiah College. Okay. And I met my lovely wife, Carolyn, there, and I never really went back to New Jersey. We got married right out of college. And, uh, you know, they say Lancaster County is a difficult place to uh, enter into if you don't have the pedigree, you weren't sure. born here, your name's not Horst, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and I think there's some truth to that, uh, but I found that if you work at it and you are uh, intentional about the way that you relate to people, that 
people are very accepting. Yeah. And boy, once you're once you're on the inside, so to speak, mm. and, and I imagine it doesn't feel good for some folks to be on the outside, but once you're on the inside, people will do everything they possibly can to help you. Yeah. And that's really what I've experienced by living uh, in this shall we call it this subculture okay, uh, yeah. of Lancaster County and, and everything that goes along with it. And it's such a vibrant place to live. I, I, I couldn't think of a better place to live. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah sometimes you take it for granted having grown up in it, yeah. right? Having grown up in the culture and, and the atmosphere, I for sure have, have taken it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, we have three children and they're all grown. Uh, they're all married. And we have five grandchildren, so oh, that's cool. uh, that's fun. super fun. Yeah, it's much easier the second time around. Yeah, you yeah. enjoy living into the grandfather uh, as, stage of in life in short spurts. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's a reason God gave children to young people for yeah, sure. That, uh, we, we we can do about 24 hours, and then it's sure. uh, you know it's time to. You act like they're, they're full of energy or something. Uh, they're <laughs> uh, four of the five of them are okay. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's great. Oh, and the other great. one just has lots of questions. Oh. Lots of questions. And are you eager to answer those questions? Or are some of them to a, a point. little? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So how did you get into consulting? Yeah. Hmm. How did that start? Yeah, not to make too long a story about it, but um, I was in the insurance business for 16 years after after Messiah, and that was a, that was a good industry for me. I was in the property and casualty side of the business and uh, had four different employers during that period of time. And uh, there just came a point, happened to be in 1996, a long time ago, uh, when I was I was uh, with a large insurance broker and I was doing fine. I liked it there and I, presumably they liked me. And uh, I just had a few little uh, things going on uh, that I felt were Holy Spirit induced, that I felt like God was trying to get my attention. Yeah. And n- none of them were like rip your life open type of things. They were just pebble in the shoe type things. Mm-hmm. And I fancy that uh, at that point in time, I was maybe a little bit more spiritually aware than I sometimes would be. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about, hey, do these all add up to something? And uh, then one day, and I... I tell people all the time when they ask about the story that um, I'm, I'm telling it, the story very close to the way I told it the last time. Uh-huh. How close it is to the way it actually <laughs> happened 26 <laughs> years ago is maybe a different question. But at any rate, I, I was having my uh, devotions one morning, my quiet time, and I really uh, felt like I saw a vision. Mm-hmm. And the vision was uh, such that I felt like God was telling me that I needed to uh, make a change and that he wasn't going to tell me what the change was, just that I needed to make a vocational change. Wow. And it was so uh, real to me that it just didn't feel like it should be questioned. Hmm. So I wrote a letter of resignation to my employer, and uh, we worked through that. They were very, very gracious about that. But the other piece of the vision was that uh, in resigning that job, I wasn't, I wasn't to look for a replacement. I wasn't to look for another position until I was completely done okay. with the prior position. So the, it entailed I'm being sorry. unemployed for a period of time, Okay, um, which, you know, people do that mm-hmm. voluntarily or involuntarily, but, um, 
it was unusual for me because I'm not much of a risk taker. Mm -hmm. um, but my wife is terrific. You know, I went to her and said, hey, I think this is what the Lord's calling me to do. Uh, I think I need to work through it. And, uh, you know, we've got a little bit of savings here. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll be okay. We'll, we'll self-finance ourselves for a while till we figure this out. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what I did. That was the end of 1996. Wow. And then the business started in uh, April of 97 after I went through a, a three-month period of just, I call it visiting with my network. You know, people were curious why I had done what I did, so it wasn't difficult to get appointments. I had sure. been in sales, so I knew how to get appointments, that sort of thing, so... Uh, along the way, people just started asking me, you know, I got a couple opportunities to go to work for somebody, didn't seem quite right, opportunity to buy a business, that didn't seem quite right, and then people started talking to me about consulting, and I didn't know why, yeah. it didn't, didn't mm. sound logical to me, so they referred me to a couple folks that were in the consulting business, and what I learned from that was if I was ever going to be a consultant, I wasn't going to do it the way they were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you learn from positive conversations, sure. and sometimes you learn from ones where you say, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. That's so interesting. Uh, so, so I had a friend. We had worked together in the insurance business, and she was already out on her own. And she came to me one day, and she said, hey, I'm – I'm out of, as you know, I'm out on my own, but it's not working out the way I hoped it would. Hmm. Would you, I think, she said to me very, she was a very uh, uh, confident, assertive person. She said, I think we should go into business together. I think you should, I'll do sales consulting and you do management consulting. So that, wow. that was our business plan right there. You just heard it. <laughs> that was our wow. whole business wow. <laughs> So that's what we did. Uh, so it wouldn't have made sense to me in January, but it made sense to me in April. Yeah. Just because there was a, a journey there. Yeah. So we started a business on April Fool's Day, which is <laughs> April Fool's Day, 1997. That's a long time ago, wow. 26 years. That's a leap of faith by, yeah, it was fun. by yourself, by your wife. Did you have children at that time? Yeah, our children were nine, six, okay. and one okay. uh, at the time. So, you know, you got all, you, you could worry about all that yeah. stuff, like the mortgage and the car payments, all that kind of stuff. But it was just so clear to me. I don't yeah. remember thinking much about that. Okay. And people, people do those things. They sure. stop jobs and they go back to graduate school or they stop jobs and go out on the mission field. Mm -hmm. So really when you put it in context, sure. that's true. Uh, it wasn't as big a deal as yeah. people would make wow. it out to be. Hmm. Wow. Boy, I was playing through different scenarios in my mind. How, how did Roger get to this point? Never mm. had that one pay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it sounds like you uh, made the business plan up just on the spot and just, hey, this is it. Let's just go for it. Well, we did. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, Nick, mm. but um, I think the confidence we had came from uh, my original partner's name was Laura Sean. She's a terrific person. And the confidence we had was that we had been in the sales business before. Sure. And we, we, we knew that it's more common for small businesses to fail because they can't bring in revenue or manage the revenue that they bring in than it is because their capabilities aren't good enough. Sure. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Lots of people have something good to offer the marketplace, but they don't know how to get it to the marketplace. Mm. We had confidence that we could get it to the marketplace uh, just because we had been trained well. The company you're with before, we were with before was terrific. They, mm. They had a good approach, and we knew how to contact people, answer their questions. Yeah. And we thought we could bring in enough revenue at some point, but you're still starting from zero. Sure. And you still sure. had, 
had bills to pay. So, yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. So that was wow. a pretty simple business plan. And we had, you know, we had a few concepts in our mind as to how we could be different. Um, they're so clear to me now after 26 years. I don't know how clear they were back then. We mm -hmm. just thought maybe we had something to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, even in that context, you were talking about um, a very simplistic, it maybe wasn't super clear back then, maybe, or mm -hmm. maybe it was. I mean, even that's a sign of encouragement too. Sometimes you don't need to have every single I dotted and every T crossed to you make action on something. I mean, sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? We know what we know. We're going to move forward because this is what we know and we're going to make the best decision possible from here as we get there. Yeah. And so sometimes, I mean, even just getting started, getting moving on something is a great course of action, even if you don't exactly know where you'll end up. Yeah, I mean, a good analogy for that would be marriage. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, you, you know that you're, you're reasonably sure that God has created this woman or this man for you, but yeah. you really don't know what's ahead. And I often think how how good it is that God does not allow us to know about <laughs> Sure, uh, but let's yeah. let's build up commitments and yeah. uh, principles and and uh, follow through in our mm -hmm. life that convinces us that when tomorrow comes, whatever it deals with us, that mm -hmm. that God will equip us to get through it. Wow. So yeah, so I'm not encouraging people to do it the way we did it necessarily, mm -hmm. but I think there's some wisdom in what you said, mm -hmm. Nick. That uh, a lot of times I think it's taking a look at your own motivation, and at the mm -hmm. time I was pretty confident that my motivation was not overly personal. It certainly wasn't about, you know, making a mark in the world or making a lot of money or anything like that, because yeah. honestly, it took years, probably over a decade mm. uh, for, for me to reproduce my former income. So it was never about mm. that, um, nor is it about that now. Uh, I knew my motivation at the time was to respond to something that I th thought God had put in front of me. Was yeah. I 100% sure that yeah. was Holy Spirit generated? I'm not sure how I thought about it that then, but I thought I was in tune enough yeah. to know that the motivation was pure enough to make the leap. Does that, mm, does it that does. make sense? It does, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of it goes back to motivation. So much mm. of what we see happen in life... Uh, comes out better on the other end if we purified our motivation on mm -hmm. the way in. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So you're, I don't know how, how old you would have been then, but you're mm. balancing this this new uh, role as a business leader. It was just, just mm -hmm. you and your partner mm -hmm. um, as well as with family. Mm -hmm. So how did you balance that? I mean, life's busy as as uh, Nick and I are young dads and, and getting into businesses. And uh, as the roles and responsibilities increase, that balance, at least in my mind, mm. is constantly in question. There's yeah. only so many hours in a day. It's, oh, it's a very finite uh, time frame. And so how do you balance that best? How have you found that you balance that well? Yeah, that's a really good question. Thank you. I, Honestly, it's probably harder for me 10 years in than it was at first because at first we just had yeah. enough clients. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, makes it easy. I was staying at the office till 5 o'clock in hopes yeah. that something would come in that never yeah. did, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but um, more seriously, I had, uh, I had an example in my 
dad and well in the family that I grew up in where we had dinner together every night mm. and my wife came from the same background so that was normal yeah. for us where it's not normal for other people sure and uh I wanted to maintain that we had three children at the time and uh yeah I was far enough along it might have been different if I started this when I was 25 but I was 38 and I just knew from the beginning I was unwilling to sacrifice uh, being a, a good husband and father for any kind of business success. That just mm. that ne never did occur to me that that would be a good trade-off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it just it was never an issue. Uh, early on, though, we did have a couple opportunities in, in early in our business to travel uh, because the business we were in before, we got some calls, uh, you know, related to our expertise, the business we were in before. And we didn't really want to be in that business, but sure. my partner had less, re less home responsibilities than I had. And so she was willing to travel. And I think maybe she had some ideas. Maybe I did too about, Hey, maybe we get famous or something, Yeah, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I remember saying to her something along the lines of it. It's okay with me if you pursue those opportunities, but I, I need to be home for dinner eight, 18 out of 20 nights a month for dinner. Oh, cool. That just, that needs to be my commitment. She yeah. was very respectful of yeah. that. Um, and that became, uh, like a, a priority. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's, that's the commitment that I need yeah. to have. So you say 10 years in, business got busier. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So there's still, was was there ever a moment where you thought, I need to make a decision or I need to take a step back or I need to reorganize things so mm. that I can prioritize uh, family or, or yeah. whatever it may be? Um, I'll, I'll, I have a tendency to make things sound more simple than they actually were, <laughs> uh, but... Not really. Okay. Mm. No, I, uh, like, uh, I look, f we're empty nesters now, Caroline and I are, but I can honestly tell you, I look forward to going home every night mm. and not because I'm leaving work because I love my work, <laughs> Yeah. but I look forward to walking in through the garage, the door from our garage into our kitchen and seeing my wife. Yeah. And mm. I was that way when the kids were there. And it just it's just such a gift yeah. to be a husband and father. Mm -hmm. It just really is. I mean, not everybody gets that chance. And not everybody had the head start that I did because I had a father who was a gift. Yeah. And I realized not everybody had that experience, so they have to figure it out some other way. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, uh, I always just felt that uh, I have this philosophy that uh, what you had to do expands to fill the time you have to do it in. What you have to, I have to let that what, sit a little bit. Yeah. Say it again. What, what you have to do expands to fill the time you have to do it in. Okay. So let me give you an example. Yeah. yeah. Like it, on a Saturday, I like to do yard work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mow the lawn, trim the bushes, edge the wall, you know, whatever those things yeah. are. On a Saturday when I have pretty much all day, it will take me much longer to do those things I than see. if I do them on a Tuesday okay. night when... It's 6.45 and getting dark mm, in Sure. <laughs> um, wow. And so I apply the same principle to work, which is if you define the hours that you have to work, you, you can organize yourself in sure. such a way that you will get those things done. Now, 
if you get too big for your britches, you yeah. know, meaning like, <laughs> oh yeah, we want to be so, we want to grow like twenty five percent a year. Yeah, um, you'll you'll mess that up, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think even naming a growth pace in your business, mm-hmm. which we did when we were growing fast, uh, you know, like fifteen years ago, and again recently. Uh, for a personal services business like yeah. ours, fifteen percent. Don't 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 try anything more than that because okay. eventually it'll rupture somebody. Okay. And and what's the point? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you could put those two things together. Yeah. But in the in the busiest parts of my life, I I would say that I said I'll, I'll work six thirty to six Monday to Friday. Okay. And that's a, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was barricaded in such a way that it didn't have a huge impact sure. on my family. I would say, though, that uh, I didn't go to every uh, little league practice when my son was playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was necessary. I didn't think he cared. There were good coaches there. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm not arguing with somebody that would. Right. But there were things that our family understood that when dad was at work, he was at work. Sure. And dad was at home, he was at home. Mm-hmm. And if I could deliver on that, sure. That was more than enough for my wife and more than mm. enough for for our family. So, you know, just people say it's a hundred different ways, but be fully present. Yeah. And for the most part, I think I think humans can do that. Yeah. They really concentrate <laughs> on it. But for the most part, I I'm I've been able to stick to that plan. Yeah. Thank so you. whatever I could produce within, say, 6.30 to 6, five days a week or however you mm-hmm. wanted to find that, that needed to be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, for the most part, it was. Yeah. What's so interesting what you talked about there is talking about being present because yeah. I think that's the challenge of a lot of people today, yeah. not just dads, but when you go home, it's so easy to be, and I'm guilty of this, checking email. Yeah and work email and it's we're just living in a different humans are capable yes but as a society a society continues to push uh that elon musk style where we're sleeping in our own business uh which is just crazy crazy and that that's the definition of success by society yeah yeah you know i i know that it's more tempting now because you've got you have a computer in your Mm -hmm. pocket all the time Mm -hmm. and can feel a buzz and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things, but it's just it's just discipline. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. dis, um, discipline. Why why would we discipline ourselves? Well, we would discipline ourselves to reinforce our priorities. Yeah. And if you have clarity around what your priorities are, it makes the discipline that much easier. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So if my priority is to be like right now, I'm with Tanner and Nick. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be with Tanner and Nick. I was looking forward to this opportunity. I don't need to be thinking about anything else. Mm-hmm. If we're done in an hour or two hours, so I'll pay it. attention to mm-hmm. the fellow that I have an appointment with at 3 o'clock who will be my highest priority at 3 mm-hmm. o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get home at 5.15 and my wife will be my highest priority yeah. at 5.15, which isn't hard because yeah. my wife is just terrific. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and so it, I don't mean to overstate. I know a lot yeah. of people battle with that, but I just think it has a lot to do with declare your priorities and then be disciplined about how you're executing mm-hmm. those priorities. And that's easier for easier said than done. But yeah. it, well, I, to, to add to your point, there I, is the battle simply naming the priority because I think 
I just think people don't talk about it, mm-hmm. or at least out loud, or get challenged about it. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's like fair. I have a friend. I'll tell you a quick story. I have a friend. He's a business guy. Wonderful guy. He's terrific guy. He's a good family guy. So he's getting toward the end of his business, and uh, he said to me one day, "Hey, Roger," he said, "I think we should get a valuation for our business." I said, "Okay, why, why do you think we should get that?" Well, there's a lot of a lot of money out there in private equity, and you know, it's maybe at its highest point it's going to be. And I said, "Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that's true. Why do you care?" Hmm. And he said, "Well, you know, in case I have perhaps sell the business, let's just see how much it's worth." So, well, why would we do that now? Mm. And he said, well, because, you know, it might be worth more than another time. I said, why do you care? Mm. I said, yeah. And he said, what do you mean, why do I care? It it's, might be the highest value of my business. I said, well, what are you going to do with the money? Mm. You already have. I mean, this is a guy who's been very successful. Yeah. This is a terrific guy. But um, what's the difference here? You, mm. Yeah. Honestly. Like, is there really a difference between... Whatever the numbers are, twelve million or fifteen million or five hundred thousand or seven hundred fifty thousand. Right. Like who cares? Because yeah. I knew that didn't really line up with his priorities. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. I knew him. I've been friends with him for twenty five years. I knew that it wasn't like, oh, it's the joy of my life to build a twelve million dollar house at you know the shore. Yeah. That wasn't him. That's not his deal. Like, why do you care? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think people get drawn into competition battle or the mm-hmm. money battle. And I, I can understand on a certain level, but bring it back to where you're called to mm. be. Yeah. Bring it back to your priorities. Is your priority to get $3 million more million for your business? And if so, why? Mm. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think this that's one of my, one of the things I, I like to help people with and help myself with is let, let's go back to why we're doing this, mm. you know. Let's go back to priorities. Sure. That's excellent. And that could be used in business, in your home life, in your church life, and in whatever of ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Huh. So is there something, and, and maybe it's something you touched on already with discipline and, and figuring out your priorities, but as you think of being a leader uh-huh. in, in those different organizations, is there a common denominator as far as, uh, hey, uh, be disciplined? That, that's <laughs> maybe it's something is that simple that, that you've been touching on. Well, um, you know, words get thrown around a lot. And so uh, integrity would be the first word that comes to my mind. Now, the root word, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. So I'm not an, an etymologist, a, a wordsmith, but I'm pretty sure that the root word of integrity is integrate. Okay. So to me, and if it's not, I'm going to use it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Run with it. (laughs) That to me, integrity is about integrating your priorities or your beliefs Mm -hmm. with your intentions and with your actions. And so we're really talking about somebody that has integrity. Uh, It's because we can easily see how those things line up. Sure. Uh, So an important piece for a lot of people and for me, so this is not unique to me, would be I am going to do what I say I'm going to do. And that would be a principle I would have as a leader. Now, what that requires is that I not be too quick to say what I'm going to do. Sure. Until I evaluate how that lines up with my priorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
because I could get myself into a situation where I would say I'm going to do this or that or this for another organization and find out I can't do that in my 6.30 to 6.00 Monday to Friday. Mm. It's, it's more than I can handle. Well, I need to back up and decide, well, why did I even say that to begin with? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think for me the, uh, the consistency, the leadership consistency would be in being able to follow through on the things yeah. that you're committed to. A good example, well, this is good. you can decide whether this is a yeah. good example. <laughs> but when people get asked to serve, say, on a church board or be an elder or be a board of directors or to serve a community organization, which I'm sure you guys do, I've done a lot of that in my life, a lot of times people will come to me and say, hey, what do you think about me you know, joining the board of XYZ? And I say, well, what did they tell you about what the responsibilities on the board will be? And I... Generally, my advice would be, this is with respect to, say, joining a community or church board, let's say, whatever they told you about the amount of time that it would take, triple it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because mainly, and they're not trying to fool you, mainly what they're telling you is the amount of in-person time mm-hmm. that they're asking you to take on at the beginning. Well, if you're going to prepare well, if you're going to follow up well, if you're going to do something other than just attend a meeting, it's going to take more time than that. And if you start doing those things, you're probably going to get more responsibility inside that organization because not yeah. everybody's handling it that way. <laughs> so they're going to ask to be chair of a committee or get on the executive committee. So just know that's coming and evaluate it in that span of time rather than in the one-third span of time. Mm. Then the second thing, this has been my personal experience, is that at some point during that commitment, whether it's starting a business, whether it's becoming a father, becoming a husband, getting on a board, being on a church board, something that you're not expecting is going to come along. And in all likelihood, it's going to come along at the most inopportune time of your life. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And if you want to jump off the ship at that point, don't ever get on the ship. Sure. Because it's mm. probably going to happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, if it doesn't, bless you. I'm glad the organization handled itself so well that you never... But that's been my experience, that at most points as I've gotten into different ministries or different boards, sooner or later something happens Mm -hmm. that requires a lot of additional energy and time. Mm -hmm. And I want to be the person that's ready for that and has organized my life in such a way that I can execute on that original responsibility. I'll be honest, as I'm listening to you, I'm really feeling like if if you're a person, uh, and I'll speak for myself, um, I'm a very distracted person. Mm. Everything you're talking about requires a very good self-awareness and self-reflection. And to really name stuff out loud with somebody who you're accountable to, um, like Sue, for example, even saying some of these things out loud to my wife. Because everything you're talking about is very intentional (laughs) and it requires some thought beyond a momentary thought. Like it, it, it takes time. You talk about being on a board, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll take 10 minutes to think about it, man, maybe even five minutes. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about, okay, what are my priorities? And once I name those priorities, okay, now do these line back with my my priorities and my other commitments that I have going on. And, you know, every single thing there just takes intentionality. Yeah. And when pride gets in the way, I know for myself, when someone asks you to be a part of something, well, that's Mm. an honor. Yeah, sure. I'd be honored to do that and to say no. Ego boost a little bit. Right. But, yeah, it feels like a feather in your calf when you get, well, I serve on this, I serve yeah, on that. Yeah. But how do you look past that? And, and yeah, 
very intentional, it seems like, yeah. what, what you've done. Well, I think Nick brings up a good point, and I'm probably making it sound easier than it is. Now, you know, I've got 30 years on you guys. So. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking here, thinking, this, this is going to take some work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a life of, you know, yeah. obviously yeah. having made some mistakes in that arena. But um, you've probably played this game where you uh, find out that you know the same person, you didn't yeah. know oh, the yes. same person, and you say, hey, what do you think of when you think of that guy? And you immediately say a word, mm -hmm. you know, or a phrase. Mm -hmm. And I've said for years, you know, if that conversation goes on about me, uh, I wish it were like handsome, debonair, <laughs> you know, charming, yeah, these sorts of things. But that yeah. word is almost always intentional. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably maybe gifted in that mm -hmm. area. I don't think you guys are familiar with the Strengths Finders. It's a uh, it's a it's a Gallup uh, assessment. Okay. Um, 35 areas of human strength and you can take yeah, this I assessment and points out your five biggest areas of strength. Well, mine are like the most boring in the world. <laughs> and two of them are focus and discipline. Mm. Wow. And that adds up to intentionality, the ability yeah. to just yeah. think things through and then say you're going to do it. But I don't have the gift of being creative and <laughs> lots of other things that people admire. Yeah. And I'm not easily distracted. Yeah. And yeah. so to your point, Nick, about being easily distracted, yeah, is that a challenge? Well, sure. Mm. Yeah. And and are people that are easily distracted more fun to be around? Yeah, because they've <laughs> thought about more things. They've chased more butterflies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't really chase many butterflies, so mm. I'm, I'm actually pretty boring to be around. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can go that far, but <laughs> you're a fun guy to have here with us today. <laughs> well, <anyways. laughs> you know, but in some ways, intentionality is boring. You yeah, know, but sure. it, it has been a, you know, it has been a guiding star in my yeah. life. But it's benefited you and your family and your business. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And what was the name of that? You said uh, that uh, survey or not the uh, it's survey. Called, it's called StrengthsFinder. It's now Strength. called StrengthsFinder 2.0. Okay. And I don't need to be a shill for it. But, no. you know, when it first came out, it was actually over 20 years ago. I was fascinated with the idea because I like strengths, strengths-based psychology. And I, I bought the book and I took the assessment right away. And as soon as the assessment came out, it gave me these five areas of human strength. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, this is it. This is me. Mm. Um, the five that came out were just like, they made so much sense to yeah. me. Um, and I'm a believer in spending the most time in your areas of strength and not, not being overly concerned with things yeah. that you're not very good at. If you can find other people to do them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I don't repair my own refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Or yeah. even replace my own garbage disposal. <laughs> or basically even hang my own picture. Yeah. Because I, I just, it's just sure. an exercise in frustration. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, that's cool. When working for someone else, uh, to, to this point, uh, you know, you started your own business. Tanner is now, uh, you know, helping to lead the charge of his business, me and my business. Yep. There's a lot of jobs out there, pretty much almost all the jobs out there that require reporting right. to someone. So right. How do you, what's your, what's your advice to those people, those fathers who are trying to balance, yeah. but maybe with unreasonable expectations yeah. or different priorities? You know, my father-in-law worked third shift for 30 two years and he'll probably correct me 32 or 33 years, but it's a third shift is a, yeah. that's nasty stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, I worked for other people for 16 years, and uh, that was fine with me. I enjoyed that. You know, honestly, I was never asked to uh, do something that was at odds with my priorities, but I will tell you one quick story uh, that may help. Uh, for one year, I went to work for a, na an, uh, a national company, a big corporation. And after I was there for about six months, I had a management job. My boss, who I liked a lot, he had helped me quite a bit. He called me and he said, hey, Roger, he said, um, things are, you've really helped us here. Things are going well here. I think you have a career here with this company. I said, well, thank you. He said, and let, let, so let me just chart out a little bit what, what this is probably going to look like. And I was, it was in central Pennsylvania. And he said, you know, Obviously, we need you to stay here for another couple of years, but at, at some point, we're going we're gonna to offer you a job in our regional office in North Jersey, and so you go to North Jersey, and then you'll be a so-and-so a in North Jersey. If you do well with that, then we'll ask you to move our home office, which is in Chicago, and uh, you'll get experience there doing X, Y, and Z. And he said, you know what? Once you've done those two things, you know, at some point, we'll come to you and say, hey, there's a there's a high-level manager job available in, you know, Albuquerque or Sacramento or, you know, Pierre, South Dakota, wherever it might be, and you'll get your choice of those. And after that conversation, I thought, I can't stay with this company. Mm -hmm. Because right there, that was very kind of him to do that, and that was the path that he had gone, and he was regarded himself as a successful person, and by a lot of measures he was. That would have not been success for me, mm -hmm. and I knew it at the time. You know, I'm not moving my... I'm not criticizing other people to do sure, that. Right. My best friend from college did that. Still married to the same woman. He's a great father and grandfather. Yeah. They moved all over the country, and he he did well. I have no criticism of that. Um, but I knew that. As soon as I had that conversation, I thought, okay, I can't stay with this company real long because uh, that's just not not a path that I'm going to go. Is that because you had named your priorities out ahead of time? Like yeah. You, you knew what they were. So well, I knew Carolyn and I wanted to raise our family in Central Pennsylvania, yeah. and, and that there wasn't going to work in North Jersey. And my my wife was, my word, she was born in Lidditz. Yeah, I think she's <laughs> get her out of Lidditz. Yeah. I'm going by myself, and I wasn't uh, too interested in that. Oh, so that's funny. that was that was uh, that was a way to forestall that type of thing. Now, you asked a question about... Now, I was never asked to do that, and I didn't want to put my boss in a position where I would stay a couple more years, and he thought that's the route I was going sure. to go. And they offered me a position in North Jersey. I said, oh, I never, never intended to go to North Jersey to begin with. That wouldn't have been fair right. to the employer because they were putting time and effort into developing me toward that. So I didn't want to put them in that position either. So I think there are situations where people are asked to um, do more than they should or something, yeah. you know, work more hours or whatever that might look. If it's an ethical thing, mm -hmm. like, you know, asking somebody to paint the books wrong or something, that's a different story. Yeah. But if it's, uh, like, say, the number of hours, so you're getting home after your kids are in bed consistently and that sort of thing. I think the reason that most people get into that situation and can't get out of it is because they've already locked themselves into a lifestyle that requires that they continue to do that. Mm. And I just think that takes forethought is, 
is twenty more thousand dollars a year or two hundred thousand more dollars a year, whatever that number yeah. is that worth it to me? And if, if if your answer to that is yes, then that charts a certain course. And if your answer to that is no, then that charts a certain course. Yeah. And I don't want to oversimplify it, mm-hmm. but right. No. I think you just need to think ahead about those types mm-hmm. of things. Now sometimes things change within an organization and you get somebody that's demanding more of you than what you can give and it just just begs a choice. Sure. But number one, don't get overextended to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It does relate to lifestyle choices that we make yeah. on some degree. Because the large majority of people that I talk to that are looking for career advice, what keeps them from moving out of whatever business or vocation they're in now and moving into one that they've always dreamed about yeah. is that they are unwilling to make the financial sacrifice. So they've been in a business for 15 years. Let's pick a number. They're making, pick a number, $90,000 a year, and they want to be a school teacher. I think that's a laudable thing to do. Okay, let's go back. Let's let's go another year and get our teaching certificate, and then you can get an entry-level job as a school teacher at whatever that number is, $50,000 a year. No, they can't do that. Yeah. Well, you've charted your own course. Yeah. Yes. Um, and is that a practical thing? Yeah, that's a practical thing, but... sure. You're making choices all along the way that 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 restrict your choices for the future, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think as as followers of Jesus, we need to keep in mind that our plans and His plans are not always the same. Yeah. <laughs> and if our if we're not building some flexibility in and even time in yeah. to somehow listen to those little pebbles in the shoe or those little prods that we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Holy Spirit, then that, that's a mistake right there. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not easy to do and it's not easy to interpret. I'm not making it out to be like it's a Damascus Road type of experience for sure. all of us. But yeah. I think those two things are essential. Yeah. Does that make sense? Did oh, I answer your question? Absolutely. I, I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you touched on at the very beginning of this podcast, you said you were doing your devotions when mm-hmm. you had this uh, uh, vision or, or I, mm-hmm. I may be choosing that word mm-hmm. wrong. Um, and then you also just uh, spoke about making sure that you set aside time. And as as uh, believers, we're, we're called to set aside time to uh, focus on the Lord, to dig in more. Um, and so one thing that I've been um, trying to find a, a good time in my life is for devotions. Mm. That's an easy thing to say, well... I woke up a little bit later this morning. We'll push that off till the evening. Well, you get home and you're tired. You got kids running around. Last thing I'm looking to do is, is I shouldn't say last thing, but it can, it can too easily get pushed off. What has worked in your life yeah. to do that? Well, I don't want to sound over, overly formulaic here. So anybody that's listening, you know, apply this to your own context, but on my phone, I get a news feed every day. I think it's from Apple, but whoever it's from, it'll give you like four or five teasers, like headlines. Mm-hmm. And then it'll say, start your day here. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a worse idea. <laughs> and I say that to people, I can't think of a worse idea than the first thing that I'm going to do in the morning is read about the problems in the world. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's just a really bad way to start off. The sure. Day. Yeah. So to me, to start off the day in prayer, to sump, to however you do it, to dedicate, at least be intentional yeah. about 
And again, I don't want to be formulaic, but this yeah. morning when I woke up, I would have thought about the appointment I had at eight o'clock, the one I had at 10, this one, and the one I have at three o'clock today. And, uh, and I would have just prayed that I would be the best human representation of Jesus that I could be in each of those meetings. Now, did I accomplish that today? Uh, probably not. <laughs> but at least start out with that intention. Yeah. Why wouldn't I, first thing in the morning, before I read the newspaper, <laughs> before I check my email, for heaven's sake, before I read an Apple headline, <laughs> just ground myself in my um, relationship with Jesus Christ and, and, and the Word. Why, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. Why, why would I let anything get in the way of that? Now, I'm an empty nester, okay? There's not children waking up early in my house. Yeah. I don't have to milk cows, yeah. you know, those sorts of things. But um, I just, wherever you put that in, to me, to put it in first thing in the morning is by far the best. Sure, mm. prioritizing it. Yeah, yeah. and when, pe- when I got a lot of guys ask me about that, and I said, well, why don't you just try it? And then I'll ask them the next month and say, well, some days I did and some days I didn't. Well, tell me about the days that you didn't. Well, it's usually something, frankly, stupid, like, um, I, you know, I had an early morning appointment. So get up earlier. Yeah. Mm. What's so complicated about that? You know, <laughs> it all goes back to priorities. Sure. <laughs> so I might be an easily distracted person, but I love getting up early in the morning. So this is something I can take home for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, first person up in the household. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh, that's there's that's, that's good stuff. That's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. My wife probably doesn't. She's right. the night owl. <laughs> And listen, my wife doesn't get up at the time I do. Yeah. That's fine. She 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 has her a, a, actually a similar discipline just occurs at a different time of day. Sure. And I have great respect for that. But again, yeah. I think it's just there's so many ways in which your habits form your, you know, you've heard your habits form your character, your sure. character forms your life, your life informs your destiny, that kind of thing. Well, we all have habits. It's just that some of them are intentional and some of them are unintentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we can untie some of the unintentional ones that are, aren't adding up to reinforce our priorities and focus more on the ones that are, we'll probably be more successful and yeah. at least reflecting our priorities. Yeah. Well, um, Roger, this is this has been super beneficial. Yeah. This has been awesome to get to dig into this to hear uh, a lot of your thoughts and and some of your experiences. Uh, and, and stories can, that you Can have. I give you one more? Please, Please do. Okay. Yeah. Please so do. my favorite, my favorite Old Testament character, and I'm sure I'm not alone on this, is Moses. Yeah. Okay. So there is this great, uh, you guys, you guys know this, but it's, it's in Exodus chapter 32, 33. So uh, Moses is leading, you know, the people through the, through the wilderness or through the desert, I should say. And they have this place called the tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. And so Moses goes to the tent of meeting every day to meet with the Lord. Sure. And as he walks to the tent of the meeting, all the Israelites come out of their tent and watch him walk there. Huh. That's, that's in the scripture, Exodus huh. chapter 33, I think. The theologians might... we're in the book of exodus anyway i'm sure we are Um, i might be mixing two stories together but um two things i love about moses one 
I thought about that and I thought, what would that do for my ego mm. if every day, like for instance, in my own business, if everybody said, oh, Roger just walked in the door, let's all stand outside our offices and honor him while they he walks They don't do by. that, you're they saying. They do not okay. do that. In fact, <laughs> I don't even think they know it. But um, like, what would that do for your ego? Sure. But then there's this verse uh, in Numbers, it's actually Numbers 12, 3. And it says, now the man Moses was the most humble man yeah. on the face of the earth. How do you uh, cultivate humility in the face of that kind of honor? Sure. And I think the answer is Moses spent so much time mm. in the presence of a holy God. How could he not be humble? Yeah. Wow. wow. So the lesson for us would be, if you struggle with humility, which most men do at some point, and I admit it's a titanic struggle for me, mm. uh, although I have, heaven knows I have tons of reasons to be humble, <laughs> but yeah. is to spend more time with, with the Almighty God. Now, and the, the distance between who I am as a, as a human and who God is as the everlasting uh, creator, uh, that's, that's a pretty big distance in which I ought to be able to cultivate humility. Yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite yeah. verses. And actually, it's an interesting verse, uh, Numbers 12, 3, if you want to look it up. The verse in most uh, translations is in parentheses. And I don't think it should be in parentheses, but it says, now the man Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Now, the only time I've been challenged on that is when I said that to somebody else and they said, yeah, but didn't Moses write numbers? <laughs> well, and I countered that with, oh, it's the inspired word of God. Yeah, so that's I'm not right. going to argue with that. We can ask him someday. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I just hilarious. think the spending time, you know, in the presence of the Lord, which none of us really does enough, and I, I, I don't either, yeah. um, cultivates a heart of humility, which I think really uh, is, is at the core of leadership. Yeah. Wow. Yay and amen to that. That's, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. That's awesome. Is there anything else? I do not want to cut you off, but I want to respect your time <laughs> yeah, too. I'm glad you added that last part. Yeah. That was, that's well, there's one more thing about Moses. You guys are goading me on yes, here. Please. That I love. So, um, and it's, again, I'm probably, I'm probably mixed up in my chapters here in Exodus, but um, you probably know that Moses got this, the Ten Commandments two different times. First yes. time uh, he went up, then he came down, he saw the golden calf, and he smashed the, yeah. he smashed the tablets because mm-hmm. he's so mad. Um, God called him up on, onto Mount Sinai a second time. The second time he was up there, and might have been true the first time too, 40 days and 40 nights without food or water. Now, nobody mm-hmm. would recommend that, but obviously he was being sustained by, uh, by God's Holy Spirit. So when he came down the second time, he had to put a veil over his face mm-hmm because people would not look at him because his face was so radiant. Wow. Why was his face so radiant? Because he spent all that time hmm. in the presence of a holy God. Wow. And I think to myself, could I ever get to the point where I spend so much time in the presence of God that my face would begin, my face or my being, I guess you would say, yeah. would begin to reflect the radiance of a holy God. And we all have access to that. Wow. It's just a matter of how much we let it seep into our spirit. Yeah. And every once in a while you meet a person, and I have a friend, his name is Greg, and every time I'm with him, I'm thinking, man, it, the time he spends with God is just shining through in just about every sentence that he says to me. Mm. Like, what a gift. 
Wow. That, that is, is wonderful. Yeah. That so, is, you know, the, the, I'm pursuing the radiant face of Moses, but most of you would just say, no, you just look old. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, no, that's, I've never thought about it that yeah. way. Because I, I, yeah, I've, I've read that yeah. uh, passage, but I've never thought and then related that to, we can spend time with the Lord. And when I even think going way back to the beginning of this podcast, you were talking about uh, your your own dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, could he? Was he that type of guy that you've already you've seen his being? Yeah. he was a blessing to you. Yeah. greatly. And yeah. is that because he was before the Lord so much? I th- I think so. You know, I I have good memories of my dad. Uh, in a lot of ways, now he died prematurely. He died almost forty years ago, mm. uh, before I. Ha- before I had children even, but um, any Saturday morning that I would come down the stairs, he would be, uh, other mornings he was already gone because he had a fairly long commute, but every Saturday morning when I'd come down, he would be at his uh, makeshift desk uh, studying for either the Bible study he was going to lead that night or the uh, Sunday school lesson he would teach the next day. And that's why he got up early on Saturday because he wanted to be out in front of the family and have that time to prepare. I'm guessing that he had some other discipline that it was employed on weekdays. I just don't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. But uh, he he re- he reflected, and you know, I I probably romanticized my dad because he was gone. He's been gone for so yeah. long. Um, but I I can't really think of anything that I wish he had done differently. Yeah. which gives me a huge advantage in life because most guys have some kind of father thing going on, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I think if I, if I could reflect his gentle, he was a very gentle person, very loving person, humble, but people admired him. Mm-hmm. And I don't have exactly the same personality as him, but I want to cultivate some of those characteristics, yeah. and I think it did spend, did come from those uh, early mornings. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, I'm reminded that that our children... Uh, we learn more from what people do than what they say. Isn't that and, the truth? Yeah. yeah. So we're reminded of that. And yeah, need to remember that a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to sort of cap this off, we've got a, a just a lighthearted lightning round of questions. Okay. If sweet. you don't mind, just, no, just uh, yeah, first thing that comes to your mind. Love to know it. A little less depth, though. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Yes. But, but they're, they're fun. We'll, we'll get into the kiddie pool here. Right. <laughs> Which do you prefer, scrapple, sausage, or bacon? Uh, sausage. Sausage. Yeah, okay. scrapple is a little little out there for okay. me. Uh, <laughs> there you give yourself away in Lancaster County yeah. a little yeah. bit. But. You could have asked me about puddings. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay. Go well, ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> it's worse than Scrabble. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. Uh, favorite book? Oh, you, you think I'm not going to say the Bible? Well, I just... I <laughs> uh, No, beyond that, uh, yeah, I have several. Uh, one is called Let Your Life Speak by Parker Palmer. Uh, one is called... And these are very simple. Well, Parker Palmer's not simple, but um, The Way of the Shepherd mm. is, oh. is a very simple leadership book, uh, not written with references to the Bible, but clearly biblical in nature. And we, yeah. we give that to most of our clients when we start out. Okay. I, um, I just read that one. Did you? Excellent Isn't book. Isn't it cool? Oh, I love yeah. it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So those those are two of my favorites. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. Do you prefer dinner or breakfast? 
Wow, I love both of those. I'm not real big on lunch. Um, I'll have to go with dinner because it has more variety. Okay. Yeah, my wife is just an excellent cook, but she doesn't get up early enough to make breakfast. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, So I know you're an avid golfer. Yeah. Do you have a favorite golf course? I do, yeah. Harbortown Golf Links, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Okay. They're playing in South Carolina. North Carolina right now. They're playing the, the course I just named. Is that right? They're playing there right now. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So we got to stop this so I can get home and yeah, watch. I was going to say, <laughs> my last one is, do you have a favorite golfer to watch? Uh, You know, I like Rory McIlroy, but he frustrates me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, actually, I would say my favorite golfer to watch are, are, are my, son, my son and my son-in-law. Oh, wow. the, the, they both play. That's and awesome. to play with my son and my son-in-law, is, that's just a joy. Yeah. Well, well it's not a fun. joy when my son hammers me by 15 <laughs> strokes because he's an excellent player, but uh, um, we have a good time together. That's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so yeah. much for sharing hey, again. Thanks, this Tyler. Thanks, a, Nick. Yeah, this was an honor. Thank you. Yeah. It's been yeah. the opportunity. You came highly recommended, mm-hmm. and, and I can see why. I appreciate, so, it. appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks again. Yes. Thank you.